You're listening to I Can't Wait to Tell You with Casey Edward, episode 142. Welcome to I Can't Wait to Tell You, a podcast I created to share with you my knowledge, stories, and ideas on everything from manifestation and meditation to money, sex and relationships, self-love and body image, and life in general. I want you to know that you are not your thoughts, that you can choose your thoughts, and thus you and only you create your reality. It's time for you to take control of your life and let joy and abundance be your natural state of being. We all deserve to make some magic, so let's jump right in because there are so many things I can't wait to tell you. We got style soul. Let's just let the good times roll. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of I Can't Wait to Tell You. I am your host, Casey Edward. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. If this is your first time listening to the show, I Can't Wait to Tell You is designed to help you thrive spiritually, mentally, physically, and emotionally. And a little bit about me, I am out of Denver, Colorado. I'm originally from just south of Boston, Massachusetts, but I moved to Denver three years ago in December. I am a certified life coach. I have my yoga teacher training certification, and I am a podcast host. And also, I have a new position that I will be telling you guys about in a little while that I'll fill you in. But before we get into this episode, which is going to be a little different than how I normally do things, which I'm excited about, I want to give a shout out to Keith's Cacao. If you've listened to the show before, you have heard me talk a lot about Keith's and I just got a new shipment. So I'm really excited and wanted to talk a little bit about it so that if you wanted something new. So I love coffee. I love coffee and I will never give up coffee. (laughs) I had a year where I took off from coffee as I did some spiritual work because I had really bad anxiety and it was just exacerbating it. But now I am back on the coffee grind and I like having an alternative option to coffee because some days I wake up and I want something but I know I don't need the caffeine hit from something like cold brew which is what I usually drink. So cacao differs from coffee because it's very heart opening, it's very grounding, it gets you in your body, it still gives you energy but it also allows you to connect with yourself and tap into yourself in a different more profound way. It really gets your creative juices flowing, it's freaking delicious and I cannot recommend it enough. So some days I have just cacao some days I have just coffee some days I have both and so it's just the perfect little supplement to your morning routine so I will go ahead and put the link in the show notes and you can use KC20 US20 to get yourself a discount so today's episode of the show I'm really excited about because This week, I have been prepping for the marathon, the Chicago Marathon, which is this weekend. So I am recording this on October 7th, and I am running on Sunday, October 10th, my first marathon ever. I am so hyped. Like, all week I've been waking up and feeling like it's Christmas, and y'all know how I feel about Christmas, and it feels similar. (laughs) So I've been like, okay, what am I going to release for an episode? And obviously, just letting things flow and seeing how it works out, and then I had the download Well, I was just on a podcast and I really liked the interview that I got to do with the host. So why don't I just repurpose that and use the episode? So 
I had the pleasure of being on the Power of Run podcast with Kim Peek, and that's why I thought it would be fun to use this episode so you could hear me being interviewed for a change of pace. A little bit of background, Kim is a movement coach and a podcast host who helps women use movement as a catalyst for change. I am so grateful because Kim even donated to my fundraising charity for Chicago, which was so kind, and I had so much fun talking to her. So obviously, since the marathon is this weekend, you can see why I thought it would be cohesive to use that interview from The Power of Run, and I will put the link in the show notes to Kim's podcast so that you can check it out, all her other phenomenal episodes. So before we get into the show or into that episode, that's pretty short, it's about 32 minutes, I did want to give you some life updates and also talk a little bit about how it has been intuitively, spiritually, physically, and mentally preparing for a marathon, preparing for my first marathon, because I know that there, all right, let's just dive in. (laughs) And I, this will be brief, but I did want to just talk about how I have been training and how it's just a little bit different. So basically I joined a run group when I knew that I was going to be training for the marathon and they give you a schedule and we meet at 6.30 in the morning And I was going to that for a while and I was following the schedule to a T and then I started to realize that I could use my intuition to tap into and I have the flexibility while I was training to run whenever I wanted to because I didn't have a structured day. So I was starting to use my intuition to tap into when I wanted to run, what I wanted to do, if I needed to take an off day, what I wanted to eat, all of that jazz. And it helped me a lot because I loved getting up and going to run group, which I had to get up at six and then run group was at 630. But I realized for me, I love getting my sleep. I have my whoop watch and my recovery is just sky high when I allow myself to sleep in. And so I was like, okay, you know, I paid for this run group and for this training and it was so fun and I'm just going to do my own thing. And so I started to just tap into what do I want to run today? What does my body want to run? And my intuition would choose pretty much what I wanted to do. And yeah, I had this schedule that I would also go off of if I was like, hmm, like, what do I feel like doing? But ultimately I listened to my own body and listened to my own wisdom. Again, not only with running, but also with eating, with sleeping, with if I wanted to go out the night before, if I wanted to go to a soul cycle and switch things up, what did my body want? What did my body need? And it was a really fun journey because as time went on, I just started to trust myself and I started to see a lot of stuff that came up when I would be like, oh, I'm taking a second rest day or a third rest day and I'm still eating a lot. There was stuff that came up for me and it really helped me heal my relationship with my body because I was like, I trust you. I love you. What do you need? And it started to become finally not about the calories, about being skinnier, about any of that. And it started to be, I am so grateful for this body that is allowing me to run this much and allowing me to be in nature and is so wonderful and beautiful. And I love you body. (laughs) And so I used my intuition and I listened to my body and I always got the long runs done. I always got the training runs done. It just might not have been when the training schedule called for it. So I learned to intuitively listen to my body and to tap into what my body's innate wisdom was telling me. And that helped me profoundly. So I just wanted to share that because I think that 
sometimes when we have a schedule for anything, we can get so wrapped up in it. That's like, oh, I have to do my run that day or I have to do this or I have to do that. And again, like if you have a more structured work schedule, maybe that is your path of least resistance. But for me, for this first marathon, it was helpful to listen to my body. And so if you have a long run schedule for Sunday, but you wake up Saturday feeling fucking fine, go for the run, right? Like listen to yourself. And also what I've learned is it's funny because I got to the place now where the, the marathons this weekend and, you know, people are like, what are you wearing? What are you eating? Asking all of these questions. I'm like, you know what? I know that no matter fucking what, I'm going to be fine. Why? Because my heart and my mind are light and I believe in myself, in my heart and even in my mind, which the mind is like, wow, we're running a lot. <laughs> but I've, I've been training my mind this whole entire time. This isn't just a physical training. This is the mentality. This is the spiritual part because ultimately your legs, your body aren't getting you through something like a marathon. Your heart and your mind and your spirit are. Your will is. And so, yeah, like I'm not going to go out and eat spicy as hell Mexican food the night before the marathon. And I know that really though, no matter what, I'm going to be able to do this. Like, I'm going to have my period uh, when I'm running, and that's say la vie. That so is life being a woman. That happens sometimes, and I know I'm going to be fine. I trained specifically on days when I had it to show my body, we're okay. I love you. I'm hearing you, and we're going to do this run today. And it was like, okay, okay. So have fun. And yeah, you could take it seriously if you want. Like, obviously I took things seriously because I did the runs, but I also allowed myself to have fun and be in the flow with it and know that no matter what, I will be able to do this period. That's all that matters. So if you're doing something right now and you're just taking it so seriously, no matter what it is, if it's training, if it's work, if it's your workout schedule and you're not even training for anything, lighten it up. Have fun with it. Take the pressure off of yourself. Maybe it's about your body and how you look. Lighten it up. Tap into what you want. Tap into the fact that you can do anything. Tap into the fact that you are innately worthy right now. That has been the biggest shift for me in this. And so I am just looking forward to being in the flow, in the zone, and just loving every minute of exploring this new city on foot with myself. <laughs> so... That's something that I wanted to touch upon. And then one other thing that I am so, so enlivened by is, and I had mentioned this on the show, so I mentioned that I had been interviewing for positions, one position in particular, to do an, it's an 8.30 to 5.30 job, and I got the position, and I am so excited. So basically, my next week is, so this week I have been buying professional clothing and nice shoes because I work from home for the business in Booty by Brabant's leggings. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, so... I had four interviews. I could feel the alignment. I could see myself there when I put in my resume and I am so excited. And so basically I've been buying clothes this week and prepping for the marathon. I run on Sunday. I get back Sunday night. I'm going to sleep all of Monday and then I start my new position on Tuesday. And so I'm still going to be doing the podcast. I'm just going to do it on weekends and have my interviews be on weekends and whatnot. And eventually maybe hire someone to help me do the editing and stuff, or I'm just going to edit less. And just, I know that you guys won't care if it's just a little, little <laughs> less perfect. <laughs> um, but it's, it's just interesting how things flow because all summer and even like during my birthday and during these first few weeks of fall, I have just been releasing 
I've been releasing people. I've been releasing trauma. I've been releasing past life stuff. Like I talked about in the last episode, I've been releasing, releasing, releasing. And through that, and with this new way of living without anxiety, I told you guys I went on anxiety medication. I feel like myself. I feel light. I feel like the light. And it's so funny because I started to feel the contrast of only being an entrepreneur probably six months ago. And then as I was doing this work, I got the call to do anxiety medication. And then I got the call to start applying to jobs. And I think that there's so many stories around like what we should do, what we shouldn't do, but like, fuck that. I was an entrepreneur for a few years and now I want to go back to being on a team and going into work. I've never had a nine to five. I want to get dressed up. I want to be around people. And so I'm the social media marketing and photography expert at a dope diamond company, you guys, diamond company in Denver. Like how abundant is that? I am just so excited And of course, when I go in and have the interviews, they're talking about like, I obviously talked about energy and I was myself in the interview and I was like, what sets me apart is my vibration and the ability to stay in a high frequency and see that everything's happening to me and that helps me overcome challenges and and whatnot. And anyways, the people who work there like have read The Biology of Belief by Bruce Lipton, the CEO, pops a balloon in the lobby if if it's a slow day to get the energy moving. Like, it's just so aligned. So I'm just sharing this because... Follow your heart, even if your mind is like, no, 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 follow your heart. Just listen in, lean into the small nudges that the universe is giving you. Baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. Just go with it. It's going to feel fun. It's going to feel exciting. I feel alive. I feel so alive, so good. I'm excited to get out of the house after working from home for years. I'm excited to be around people. I'm just excited. And so you get to this place where you follow the flow and it becomes so easy to do so. You notice the contrast and you say, okay, what's on the other side of that coin? You just lean in, you flow, you're in your joy, you're in your element, you're in your enlightenment, you're in your excitement. So that's what's been going on over here. (laughs) And I am so grateful. I am so grateful to live with the man of my dreams. I am so grateful to live with the cat of my dreams. Who knew that I would ever like cats? (laughs) And now I'm a freaking obsessed cat mom. I live in a beautiful home with my boyfriend. I have a job. I am just so grateful. I have a beautiful body. Ah, man. So what are you grateful for today? Put your hands over your heart if you're not driving. (laughs) Take a second. What are you grateful for? Mm. All right. And without further ado... With all of that being said, let's get into this interview where I got to chat with Kim Peek on the Power of Run podcast. I hope you enjoy this little switch up. Here we go. Welcome to the show, Casey. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Me too. Thank you so much for having me, Kim. I'm so pumped. So I saw on your Instagram that you recently started trail running. Mm-hmm. What, what made you decide to get into that? Yeah. So I am from Boston originally, but when I moved out to Colorado a few years ago, I saw that trail running was all the rage and I can see why it's the, the trails are so beautiful and nature and the connection. And what I quickly realized was running on my flat Boston <laughs> runs was quite different because what trail running actually means out here is half hiking, half running. So it's taken a little while to get accustomed to that, but it's definitely a new, nice challenge. So yeah, I saw it everywhere and I was like, let's try it. That sounds so fun. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, trail running in Kansas is not nearly what it would be in Colorado either. So I totally get you on that. <laughs> and then we were talking a little bit before saying that you had a pretty bad case of COVID. I did. I did. So I am training for a marathon, my first marathon in October. And I just got back into running because I had an injury. So I just got back into it. I was starting to shed some, some seconds and some minutes off my times. I was feeling great. And, you know, we're at the, what feels like at least getting into the tail end of, of cases being really bad. And so it wasn't really in my awareness. And then a few people in my circle got it. So by default, by default, by default, I ended up getting it. And I was down and out for two full weeks. I've never been like that. So I knew I was going to have to be graceful with myself getting back into running. So my first run was last week and my goal was one mile and that's what I did. And I was wheezing, but I was like, you know what, at least I can run again. So it's been a little bit of a slow transition getting back because my lungs are nowhere near, near where they are, but it happens. So just, just starting over. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was curious about. Cause I've heard so many people talk about just how hard it is to get back into it. Just the, the breathing and the heart rate and everything. Yeah. And I think too, what I learned was physically it's, it's definitely difficult, but also we have to be compassionate with ourselves mentally because I was doing so well and then I kept thinking to myself, I want to get back to normal, but we can't do that. I've realized I can't compare myself to the past or to normal. I have to say, okay, where am I right now? And what is a challenge right now? That might be a mile now where I had just been really upping my miles. So right now a mile is that challenge and that's okay. And being really easy on myself because anyone who runs knows it's, it's easy to just be like, well, just push it one more mile, but sometimes you can't do that. So just meeting yourself where you're at is the lesson that I'm learning. Yeah. I think that's really important too, because runners are usually that super type A driven type of person. And I think it is really important, especially when you're coming back from an injury or an illness to remind yourself that this is not the time to take that approach. Yeah. This is not the time to take that approach. In fact, I've almost went completely 180 where when I have a thought that says, just push it, I say no. And I'll start walking because I know that there is a time and a place for that, but it's not quite yet. And so some days I'll be like, okay, I I can run a little bit faster right now, but let's just take this day by day, run by run and and see where it goes. But so that's exciting. So you're training for for a marathon and that means that there's going to be marathons in October, which is exciting. Mm -hmm. Where, which one are you running? Chicago. Oh, fun. Chicago. Fun. Yeah. And how many marathons have you done before? I've done no full marathons. I've done two half marathons and I started to, I was actually going to run Boston for a fundraising team last year that obviously didn't happen. So I was thinking, okay, well, you know, let's just do a different one. Same fundraiser, might as well try to get into it. So we're going to, we're going to do Chicago. It's a nice little trip somewhere I've never been. I'm excited. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Great. And good luck. First marathon is a big deal. Oh, I know. I, I don't think it's hit me yet. <laughs> and magnitude of it. Finding so far, maybe not now that, I mean, you're probably early in your training since we're talking October, but are you finding yet that it's different from training for a half marathon? Yes, because I've realized 
that. So in the past, I found that for me, at least a half marathon was something I could train for on my own, something I had the capacity mentally to do on my own. I could go out and run 10 miles and that felt okay. So I knew that three extra miles when there's a lot of energy of a race would be fine. But I've been actually looking into run groups and I just found a friend to run with because I know that I have to surround myself with people who have a different mental state when it comes to running <laughs> because running for an extra few hours is, is something that I, I know that I need to get into my head is, is important. So I have been trying to get out of my comfort zone in my approach to my training for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I think too, training for a full marathon it also takes a different mentality just about the strength training that needs yeah. to be done because runners don't like to do that strength training, yeah. <laughs> but like, I think almost anybody could probably train for a 5k mm-hmm. without getting injured. But then as you layer on those miles from the half to the full, even all those things that you do just compound <sighs> themselves. And so, yeah, it, it becomes a really time consuming endeavor. Yeah. And I'm lucky because I work for myself and I knew that something important for me was to allocate a lot of time. I know how much I like to be outside, whether it's running or walking or lifting or whatever it may be. So I've just made sure that in my schedule, I have ample time to do these things, but I have a friend who has a Peloton. So I I try to cross train on that. And then I actually just got, I'm wearing it right now, but one of the whoop watches, have you heard of these? It's called what? A whoop watch? I have not. Tell us okay. about it. Okay. So it's a strap, actually. It doesn't have the time or anything. Okay. But essentially, you wear it. It picks up on your heart rate. You put in all of your information, your height, your weight, and everything. And it tracks your sleep. It will tell you a recovery score every day. And it will tell you the amount of strain that your body can take every day. So, for example, today I woke up and I was at 67% recovery. Mm-hmm. So it's a good day to push it, but not to peak. So having this little extra tool is pretty nice because especially right now for me, it helps me see, oh, my body is fine. I'm not talking myself out of a workout or no, it is a rest day. I'm not going to talk myself into a workout. Yeah. I like tools like that. My Garmin will also, I have the nine, what is it? Nine twenty, nine forty. It's a triathlon version. Yeah. And so it has a lot of those features and mm-hmm. I think it is nice for that kind of thing where it's like, it's telling you your body is not recovered enough. You're not ready to go do that hardcore workout that you were going to do. And I I think it helps people who have that hardcore mentality. It gives you permission to scale back on days that you really should be taking it a little easier. Like you don't have to take the whole day off, but let's just take it easier today. Yes, absolutely. And it's funny because on some of my rest days, I'll still reach a a decent amount of strain as I'm in recovery again. And so I'll do nothing really. I'll do some dishes and my strain goes up because that's where I'm at right now. Watch says I am not allowed to do chores today. (laughs) So it's, it's nice to have because again, yeah, it's just, it's just that it takes the guesswork out of it. It just, it helps me be like, okay, most days after a cycling day, I'm capable of running, but most days after a long run, a light walk will be plenty. So yeah, it's, I've, I've been liking it. It just helps take the mental component out of it a little yeah. bit, which is nice. <laughs> 
Now you also have a podcast. Tell us a little bit about your podcast. I do. It's called, I can't wait to tell you. And I started it because so I'm 30 and in my twenties, I suffered from extreme anxiety. So on the outside, I looked extroverted and happy. And, you know, I was, I was fit. I was running I had a boyfriend. I had a job I liked, but it was crippling me from the inside. And so I got into meditation and I became a life coach and I started doing yoga and I started getting all of these mental tools that had never been taught to me in school or college. And I started to really understand my mind rather than be plagued by it. And so the name of the show came from, how have we never been taught this? I can't wait to tell everyone, you know, that you're not your thoughts or that anxiety might have a lesson or that you're not your anxiety. So it's been so fun to shed light on something that I know, at least I used to really put myself in the dark for, because I didn't know if I was alone and feeling anxious or feeling uncertain. So it's been fun to be able to get that message out. <laughs> I love that idea of just all those things that nobody ever taught us. Yeah. Cause there are, there's a lot of things yeah. that we don't talk about or nobody bothered to tell you or yeah. yeah. Great concept for yeah, a show. Thank you. I know. I the thing that I talk about a lot is, or think about a lot is, if someone had just said to me, "You are not your thoughts," that in itself would have changed my life because what was causing me anxiety for so long were just these thoughts that weren't necessarily true or mine. You know, we think seventy thousand thoughts a day, and I was believing every single one of them. And for me, it was, "You're not enough. You should lose weight. You." aren't good enough to do that. Well, who are you to start a business? And I was believing all of them. But if someone had just said, oh, you get to decide what you think. You don't have to think that. I would have been like, what? It would have saved me years of pain. So So what are some of the ways that people can start to apply that? Yeah. So I would say for me, meditation was really key because I was so drawn into my mental space. A thought would come, I would believe it. It would cause a visceral emotion. You know, if it was you're not fit enough. That body image was something I struggled with for a long time. I would say, okay, I have to work out today or I have to track my food. And there was so much need for control. So meditation helped give me that space between me and my thoughts. So I would just have some time to be quiet, watch them and practice the fact that I'm not my thought. I don't have to believe that. So I would say if meditation feels like something someone would be called to, it, it, it sounds scary because when I was going through my anxiety, the last thing I wanted to do was sit down and be with myself. <laughs> that was, that was the, what I was running away from. But when we take that time to just slow down and come out of the fight or flight or come out of the doing, it really gives us time to assimilate what's going on. So I would say meditation. And then also just throughout the day, check in with yourself. How have I been feeling? I think that that's something that we can ask ourselves 10 times as much as we do. How am I feeling right now? am I okay? Do I feel stressed out? Have I been living in stress all week? What can I do right now? And you know, if you work a nine to five and you're at a desk all day, taking a few breaths, how am I feeling? How can I just come back into my body? How can I slow down? We're so focused on the go, 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 but just checking in. So I would say, yeah, just being mindful of how we feel. How do I feel? How can I feel joy right now? How can I feel a little bit better? And making that a priority as much as the to-do, to-do list. Yeah. Yeah. I like that idea with checking in with yourself. One of my daughters the other day even took it a step further and they, she called me and said, Hey, do I have anything that I'm supposed to be doing right now? I'm feeling really anxious Mm. and I can't figure out why. So 
I just want to check with you. Do you know of anything I'm supposed to be doing right now? And I'm like, no, nobody's waiting for you to do anything. You're good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that's a space that I was in for a really long time because again, it's, it's, it's okay. It is what it is, but we are taught to, to do, to add more things, to keep doing, to be productive, to live in this masculine state of being. And that's fine, but we do have to balance it out with the rest and the unplugging from our phones and the taking some time to do things that bring us joy. I used to not even be able to watch a full movie. I'd get up and start doing the dishes or I'd have to be always go, go, go. (laughs) And my partner would be like, can you just sit for a minute? It's just an hour and 20 minutes. Watch, watch this movie with me. I was going to say Star Wars. That's a lot longer than an hour and 20, but just watch this movie with me. And so that's when I kind of started to be like, okay, if I can't make it through a movie, I've got to start just taking it down a notch. So that feeling that causes anxiety isn't true, that we always have to be doing something, but it feels true. So just getting to know that feeling and being like, that's not true. Right now it's okay that I sit down and I'm not on my phone while I eat lunch. (laughs) Yeah. So when we first got married, my husband and I will be married 30 years in Mm -hmm. May. Wow. I've been married as long as you are old. (laughs) (laughs) But um, when we first got married, I worked in the cable industry selling cable advertising and, you know, so I sold television and I would come home at night and be like, who are these people that watch television? It's such a waste of time. You're sitting there for hours. And now (laughs) during COVID, I have a whole new appreciation. I'm like, I binge watched the entire 17 seasons of Grey's Anatomy. Since January of this year. Yes. Like, oh, all of a sudden I am one of those people that I used to, who are these people? (laughs) It was time for TV, right? I know. I know. Yeah. I think COVID was something that made us slow down. Obviously we all had to slow down and it was in itself. That was a big lesson of, okay, how can I pivot and use this, but also learn from this time that, oh, it's okay to, to take, to take a call from home or to, to be relaxed while doing my work. So yeah. I was talking to somebody today who even said, you know, after I can't remember what the thing was, I really wasn't feeling great that afternoon. And so I took a nap because that is one of the perks of working from home is that if you're not feeling well, you can take a nap if you need to in the middle of the day. (laughs) I as a, as a, I work for myself, I will say naps make it into my repertoire quite, quite often. It's a nice reset. You turn your brain off, you get to rest a little bit, and then you go back to the day and you feel ready again. And I think that that's the beauty of these work from home situations because people are starting to realize, oh, I'm not lazy if I need a break. I don't need to be drinking another double espresso at 3 p.m. That's not necessary. If my body needs rest, it's okay to listen to it. It's okay to have these moments of, of rest and re-nourishment and it's necessary to be as productive as I want to be. Yeah. Well, you know, and even just the idea of taking a break to walk around the block with your dog, mm-hmm. just yeah. what that can do for your mental state. Yeah. And it doesn't take a long time, but you're going to come back to your computer or your job so much more refreshed. Couldn't agree more. Nothing like a little walk to just turn the brain off, get into nature, get into your breathing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So on your Instagram, I saw that you had something written about owning your no. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is another area that people struggle with. Can you talk to us a little bit about what that means to own your no? 
Yes, I can. I think that I know people pleasing a lot. I think that it's something we all do in some capacity, but for so long I was saying yes to things that didn't bring me joy or that really drained my energy. I am a fairly extroverted person, but I like my alone time and I really replenish when I have alone time and I have boundaries. And so for me, what that started to look like was saying no to going out and drinking or saying no to late nights. And that's kind of when I started to realize, okay, where are the boundaries that I have to put up? Because especially, you know, in your twenties, it's kind of the going out phase. (laughs) And I started to realize that I was afraid to say no. What are other people going to think if I say no to not having a drink, or if I say no to going out at night, or if I say no to meeting up at the bar at 11 PM, when usually I'm in bed by 10. (laughs) And what I realized is it's serving no one. If you're saying yes to things that don't bring you joy or give you energy, because A, you're meant to be happy. So if something feels like a no and it's not going to bring you joy, then it's okay to say no, you have to. And B, if you're thinking about it from a more grand perspective, service-wise, you can't show up how you want to in the world if you keep saying yes to things that are gonna take your energy when you need to be focusing on anything else. So if you have a long run on a Sunday and someone asks you to go out to dinner on Saturday and you feel like it's a no, don't do it just because you feel compelled. Say, I have a run in the morning. I can't, but I would love to meet you for lunch after tomorrow. How about that? So it's a no and. It can be a no and, or it can just be a no period. And you don't have to explain yourself. That's that's another add-on component. You don't have to say, I'm so sorry. I have a long run tomorrow. I don't know if I can stay out that late. I haven't been getting enough sleep. I used to ex- explain in paragraphs. And now it's like, oh, I can't tomorrow night, but I would love to this time. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to compensate for saying your truth. And I did that for so long and it's, it sucks you, sucks you dry. So just knowing, no, it's a no and it's okay to be a no. And I think that's really important too, when you have other commitments, like maybe you're a mom and there's volunteer things that you have to do for soccer or theater or whatever your kid is in or um, at work, all the extra obligations that are maybe only partially related to your job, but you feel like they're part of your job. So just learning that you can say no, because every time, what is that saying about every time you say yes to something, that means you're saying no to something else because you only have so many hours in the day. Yeah. And what I realized too was, in the times I said yes, when I didn't want to, I wasn't able to show up as myself. So whether that was that I was really tired and couldn't really add to the conversation or couldn't do the service work that I wanted to, or it was that I was 2D. I'm tired. I don't want to be here. I'm not giving off the happiness and the things that people want from me. So it's better to show up in the world hundred percent than show up over and over and over again at 20%. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. So what about, I think this ties into another thing that you talk about, which is leaving behind the places and things that no longer light you up. Mm. That's a hard one, especially when, you know, whether it's a person or a relationship or a hobby that you've invested years of your life in, how do you begin to leave some of these things behind when you know that it's time? I think that the first step would be to recognize that it is going to be scary. It is going to be scary as hell. So I think we often shy away from the things that feel uncomfortable because that's how our brain is built. It's built to keep us safe and to keep us in our comfort zone, of course. But so, you know, I went through 
a breakup last year, right at the beginning of COVID. I was with someone for three and a half years. We traveled the country together. We moved and I knew that it was time. And was it scary? Yes. But again, it comes back to imagine staying though. Imagine, imagine staying in this. It could be a job, a person, a place. Imagine staying. No, I can't, I can't imagine. And so you have got to just get comfortable with the things that are uncomfortable. And in terms of people, I mean, in terms of anything, if it's not for you anymore, that means it's for no one involved. And I really do believe that if I'm not meant to be in this, that means that that person's not meant to either because it's no longer serving me. It must not be serving them, even if they don't want to admit it. Same with the job. You know, if I'm not able to do my job as well as I want to, then there's a reason for that. Maybe there's someone else out there for this position or what have you. But yeah, I would say just knowing it's going to be uncomfortable and being okay with that and not rushing yourself through the emotions that come up when you're changing. So as you get better, as you get more aligned with who you are, people are going to fall away. Things are going to shift. And as a human, you're not meant to stay the same. So again, it's uncomfortable. Yes. But from a soul level or a spirit level, whatever you want to call it from a a human evolution level, we are meant to keep expanding. So you might've played the piano for 10 years. You loved it as your hobby. And now you hate it. You don't even want to see it. And why make yourself sit down? Maybe there's something out there that's meant for you. And you're going to meet a new friend at a cooking class. And that's your path. But I would say, yeah, get comfortable with getting out of your comfort zone. And this shows up in all realms. I mean, if people listening are runners, of course that's applicable, but yeah, I would say just be okay with it being difficult. (laughs) Well, you know, and I think it's really important too, when you just thinking about a job, mm-hmm. if you are not happy in your job, then I think that you owe it to yourself and to the company you work for to start figuring out how you're going to get out of there. Yeah. And I get that not everybody can just quit a job, bam, oh, I'm sick of this place, I'm out of here, but start working on your exit strategy because mm-hmm. it's not fair to anybody yeah. for you to be there and be miserable. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. So you also talk about being, we need to recognize ourselves as a vibrational energetic being. (laughs) What does that mean? Oh boy. Going down the rabbit hole. Okay. (laughs) So I think that good vibes is something that's become mainstream and living vibrationally and high vibe and, and all Mm -hmm. of this stuff. So some people write it off as spiritual or too woo woo. But when I started to learn about this, I'm very logical. (laughs) So I had to understand what it means. So at the most fundamental level, we are all energy. So it looks like matter. We, We look like physical beings. We are, but we are all made up of essentially energy. So why this matters is because like we were talking about when you show up, what energy, what frequency are you resonating at? Because people, whether they're conscious of it or not, can feel that. And what you're putting out into the world is what you're going to attract back. It's like you're this walking, talking magnet. So if you're putting out the frequency of, I don't like my job, I don't have enough money, I'm unhappy, all of these scenarios that are at that same level are going to keep coming back to you. So law of attraction, you know, what you are, what you're thinking, where you're resonating is what you're going to create. And so you might get stuck in this same cycle. You know, why do I keep getting car tickets? 
Why do bills keep showing up? Why is my electric bill twice what it was last month? And maybe it's because you've just been thinking and you're having these thoughts, these energetic thoughts of, I don't have enough. I'll never have enough. I don't make enough money. That's energy. And you're just creating more of the same over and over. So when you recognize, oh, I am energy and I'm creating my physical world based on how I'm thinking and how I'm feeling, that's so profound because you're going to start thinking to yourself, I have got to change something and it's got to be mental. It's got to be how I feel. No one, often, I should say, often people aren't saying, well, how do you feel? I know you have a lot of work to do, but how do you feel? Do you feel good? Feel good first, then do your work. Most people are like, get your shit done and then keep going from there. But when you recognize how you feel energetically matters more than anything else, then it's kind of fun. It's kind of nice. It takes the pressure off because of course you have work to do, but how can you start feeling a little bit better before you, before you work? You know, what's a song you can listen to on your drive to work? What can you do in the morning to give yourself five extra minutes before the kids wake up to get into a good feeling place before you keep doing the same thing over and over that might not be serving you? So I love all this stuff. I a thousand percent believe that your mindset really, really matters, but I've been seeing a lot lately about toxic positivity. Mm. Have you heard that phrase thrown around lately? I have. So how does that play into this? Because I I get that you don't want to just be, oh, happy thoughts, happy thoughts. how, How does this all tie together? Yes. I get this question all the time with my coaching clients too, because they're like, well, what if something happens? So what I would say is we all have trauma of some nature. So I had a lot of trauma that would come up, especially when I started meditating, you're kind of hit with everything that you had never been willing to see before. And so I think the best way to use your discernment is think about it like this. We'll just use a nine to five job again. If you're on your way to your nine to five job, and you're having negative thoughts. You on your way to your job or when you're sitting at your work desk, that's not the time that you're gonna dive into the trauma (laughs) or that's not the time for these emotions to be relevant or to be productive. So I would say, let everything come up, but you can pick and choose when you're going to get it. So I think that we are so quick to judge emotions And we don't have to do that. If you're really feeling deeply sad, let yourself feel sad. Absolutely. I'm not saying to push them aside or not feel them. Those emotions are coming up for a reason. But I would also say that, you know, 90%, a good 90% of the time we're causing self-suffering. So yes, again, let those emotions come up, let the feelings come up, but you're able to choose, okay, right now at my desk might not be the time that I want to do this. I'm going to go home and in the privacy of my home, I'm going to call it back in and I'm going to say, what was coming up for me just then? Sometimes if I have anxiety, I'll sit down in meditation and say, what is this? I'll invite it in. I'll have no judgment about it. So definitely let it in. But I would say it's just about picking and choosing. Is this something that I have to dive into? And if it feels like a yes for you, do it. You know, you could do it with a therapist or a coach or by yourself, do it. Or, you know, you're pretty, if you're aware enough, you know that you're just being, (laughs) you can tell when you're just being mopey for no reason. And you're like, would a coffee and some good music solve this? If so, I'm just going to do that. But again, yeah, there's totally deeper things that will come up, especially as you're on this journey. But I would say just picking and choosing, you know, is this something that I need to dive into? Yes. Okay. I'll do it. But just having that fine balance of 
when, when am I going to do it? What do I need to do? So yeah, I would say that you don't have to be positive all the time, but overarchingly you do get to decide how you feel on a regular basis. So I think it's a great way of looking at it too, because you're not saying you can't feel your feelings because you should feel your feelings, but maybe you're choosing how to respond to those feelings. Yeah. And when you're going to deal with those, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. I found that for me, at least on, on my path, I had to first instill a better mindset because I wasn't at a place where I had the emotional capacity to deal with some of the things that ended up coming up for me. So when I had a better mindset and I had a better foundation in myself of, you know, I love myself and I'm worthy, whether I do a lot of work or I don't, I had some of these new thought processes that helped me welcome in the thoughts that I had been running from or the emotions I was running from. And then it was easier to assimilate them, to let them be. Whereas when I was really anxious and depressed, I couldn't (laughs) have done that. So I had to get myself to a better place. And then now I'm able to see, is this something I need to deal with? Or is it something that's just in my thoughts and I don't need to. So just, yeah, using that, using that. But yeah, again, I would say that a lot of it is something that you can choose, but if you need to feel it, totally feel it. There's nothing wrong with any emotion. Yeah. So you offer life coaching to people. Yeah. Can you tell people how to work with you or how to find you if they want to learn more? Yeah. So I actually just made the shift into, I was doing one-on-one coaching for four years and now I'm actually making the shift into bringing mindfulness and meditation into workspaces because I realized that a lot of people were finding me on Instagram through wellness hashtags. And I was like, okay, those people are already in the right space, but what about the people who don't have any access to mindfulness tools or knowing how to breathe or meditation or knowing that their thoughts are not true. Cause I can't imagine being at a desk and having a to-do list and having a thought creep in of you're never going to get this done. It's so stressful and having all of those thoughts and being at my desk and being like, what do I do? Like if not having any tools. So now I've just shifted into, if you work for a corporation or a business, then I'm going into those workplaces and I'll be bringing in meditation and mindfulness trainings and things of that nature, which is exciting. So how does that work in a corporate type setting? Do, is it still one-on-one or is it more group coaching that you're doing? Yeah. So it's more group coaching. So usually it'll be an hour long seminar or talk. It could be virtual or in person. And it's just an introduction to meditation because I find that a lot of people write off meditation. I did, I know for a very long time. And so it's a little bit about meditation isn't as scary or as out there as it seems. And in fact, when you can come out of these stress out brain waves, it's going to be a catalyst to you being more productive. So it's a little bit of a meditation an introduction to meditation and mindfulness. And from there, it's four to six trainings after where people can come in, they can learn more if they feel called to, and they can also do more meditation if that feels like something that's helping them. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Is there anything that you want to tell people that I didn't ask? No, I think just that you are the creator of your reality. So if you want to get better at running, you can do it. You can think better thoughts and you can feel better and you can do whatever you want to. And, you know, the money is there. The people that you need are there. The opportunities you need are there. Everything is there for you and and you get to decide. And yeah, just happiness is available to you. And if you don't feel happy right now, I feel that, but you can get there and yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great message for where we are right now, where for a lot of 
air parts of the country were kind of starting to get on the tail end of COVID, hopefully. Yeah. I know where I live, our mask mandate just got lifted today. So exciting. And my daughter lives in New York and they are hundred percent open as of July 1st, I think. So, I mean, the world is going back to some version of what we would have called normal. Yeah. So I think that's a great message. Just you can create your reality. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me, Kim. It was so great to chat. Thank you. It was nice talking to you too. And that is that, my friends, my episode, my interview on the Power of Run show with Kim Peek. Again, that information will be in the show notes so that you can check out her podcast. Kim, thank you so much for having me on your show. It was so phenomenal. And for all of you friends out there, if you want to follow along on Instagram so you can keep up with what's going on with the Chicago Marathon and see all my outfits for <laughs> for work that I'm really, really excited about, you can follow me on Instagram at Casey underscore Edward. You can follow the show at I can't wait to tell you dot podcast. I've kind of taken like a little break from posting on that podcast page just because I haven't had time to also do that. But we'll be back. I'm sure we'll be back if it flows. So Yes, that is that. I am flying out to Chicago in the morning. I can't wait. So I will see you over on Instagram or I will talk to you next week.